Our scripture this morning comes from Luke chapter 6. Hear the word of the Lord. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High. Because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Gracious Lord, we thank you for your word and how even now it is being pressed into our hearts and our minds that, that there is something that you have for us to gain this morning, to learn, even to be transformed by. So, holy God, do it. Do that work. Even if we're not ready for it, help us to see where we need to see. And, holy God, I pray that you would take these words of mine, turning them from water into wine, because we know that you take even the simplest things and can do miracles with them. So do it now, here in our midst this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning I, I want to share with you a couple other verses from Matthew chapter 12. It's what our kids over in Sunday school are actually learning right now. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 12, verses 48 through 50 say this, Jesus replied, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. I was talking with our children's director, Mandy, this week, and, and uh, she shared with me that she was going to be, you know, she was putting together the lesson for this week, and that that was the scripture text. And I thought, you know, I think that's a really good connection with those words from Luke chapter 6 that we read. So I want us to think in the context of family this morning. Our families, this family, 
of Chippewa United Methodist Church and the greater family of God. Because family is not easy all the time. Family does not always go the way we want it to, look the way we wanted it or expected or hoped for. Family can be tough. Family can be wonderful. And it can also be a real burden. If we're not paying attention, if we're not careful, things can, can creep in and, and get the better of us. But as family, as our family, as this family, and even the greater family of God, it would be good for us to be reminded of how we should be caring for one another, listening to one another, loving one another, doing good, being merciful and kind. It's not always easy to listen. It's not always easy to hear or, or really be able to see what's going on with someone. The ones that we know the most, the best, are those that we've never met before. But one of, I would probably say, the most quoted verses in Scripture, other than John 3.16, we all know that reference, but we don't, we don't really talk about Luke 6.31, but you all know it. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The golden rule, right? It's, it's something that, that doesn't matter where you are. Growing up especially, we hear it. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But we don't practice it very well. <laughs> I would say we don't really pay attention. So, so often we get caught up in feelings and emotions and how our day's going and, and how someone has treated us. And the last time we, we experienced this or, or something like that, and all of a sudden it's not about how I want to be treated. It's about how I have been treated and I'm going to react in this situation the way I'd been treated. Maybe not even the way I've been being treated at that moment. Do you know what I mean? Have you had something like that before? Sometimes we're just having a really lousy day, and we don't mean to, but we, we, we're not trying to be mean or nasty, but we just react. And the response we get depends on how that person's doing that day sometimes or who they are at their core. Right, Because so many times we, we react and we might lash out and somebody just brings it right back to us. The same, same level, the same temperament, and where does it get us? Into some heated battle, into some hot fight, saying words that we don't mean, that we wish we hadn't said. What would happen if when we reacted when we lashed out, when we were having a hard time, when things just hadn't been going on our way and we don't know what else to do, what if the person on the other side responded with kindness? What if the person who was, who was hearing that or receiving that just brought it down a level? Brought it down a level and was able to look at us and say, what, what's going on? Is this really, are you okay? <laughs> Because I don't really think that that's what you wanted to say or how you meant to say it. 
if we're going to do unto others as we would want them to do for us, then perhaps we need to listen as much with our ears as with our eyes to see when someone is not acting the way that they normally would or giving them the benefit of the doubt because in family, that's what we do. And in family, when you see that there's a need, we don't just hand someone a check. We don't just donate some resources. We actually talk to them and engage them and find out how they're doing or what's going on. And so while it may be easy to see someone with a sign saying they're in need and and easily just drive on by, while it may be easier to put a dollar or two in a cup or a bucket, what if his family, we took a moment and we said, hi, I'm Ty, what's your name? Seems like life's kind of hard right now. Is there something I can be doing or praying? How, how, can, how is life for you really right now? I'm pretty sure I've shared it before, but I, I have a hard time forgetting the day that I was driving over to Walmart and there was a family obviously in need. I mean, there was a sign even. But, you know, it's kind of awkward. I mean, you're pulling in and there's this big hill and so... It wasn't easy <laughs> to get to this guy. I did my shopping, and I was leaving on to the next thing, right? On to the next. That's what we do. And as I was pulling out, I saw that someone had stopped, had made the extra effort to pull up next to them and to begin talking to them. And I knew the guy. He's like, yeah, yeah. That's what we need to be doing. That's what it is to be in a family. That's what it is to be a part of the family. Is to take the time to listen and see and hear. And then to love and to do good. Because we're told that we're to love our enemies. But too often when we identify an enemy, all that we have for them is judgment and criticism. All that we have for them are the demeaning and pitying words in our hearts and our minds. And so instead of loving our enemies, we are doing everything to hurt our enemies with our judgment, with our criticism, with words spoken and unspoken, because because the scriptures also tell us that it's even our words have the power to bring life or death. And so by not being loving even to our enemies, we are bringing death upon them. And how is that being a part of the family of God? Being part of the family of God, we're to be loving, we're to be doing good, we're to be giving without expecting anything in return. To lend without expectation, to be able to give without needing repayment, 
How often do we want something back? How often do we have uh, opportunities to give and yet we put stipulations on it? Here, I'm going to give, but I expect that because I've given and because you are taking and receiving from me, that you will make changes, right? Because you wouldn't be in need if you would just live the way I live. You wouldn't have this need if your life was different. So let me give and now expect you to change. We've missed the parts of listening. We've missed the parts of loving. We've missed the parts of actually engaging with the person. We're just going to hand over a little bit, bit of money and place some expectation upon it. But if we're really doing good, if we're giving without expectation, if we're giving because we know what it is to receive the goodness and the love and the forgiveness and the grace of God, it means we're giving so that someone else can see what it is to receive without expectation, to receive so that they can know what it is to feel grace, what it is to just know goodness. My grandmother always used to say, that's all I can do about that. That's all I can do about that. And to know her and to hear that meant that it was interpreted to mean, I can't do anything more physically about that, and I can't change someone's mind or opinion. And so... Since I can't do anything more about that, then I'll just bring it to God. That's, that's what she was really saying when she'd say, well, that's about all I can do about that. That meant that she was now bringing everything, every conversation, whatever circumstances, it was all just going to need to be brought to God because God was going to be the one. God was the sovereign one. God, God could work it out in a way that she could never do. Maybe we need to do a little bit more of that, recognizing that our ability is not what God is relying on, but God instead is calling us to listen and love, to do good so that we might be called children of the Most High children of the Most High, the one who Scripture says is kind, even to the ungrateful and the wicked. That is not an easy place to be. That is not an easy task. And yet, and yet we are called not only to be loving and listening, to, to be doing good and not judging and not condemning, to be forgiving, but also we're called to be merciful. There's a pastor that I like to follow, James Howell, and, and he talked a lot about mercy. He says we all want mercy, but we don't practice mercy. We want people to ask us and give consideration to us. 
when we've had a bad day, when we're struggling financially, when, when things have just really been hard, we want, we want and desire so much for that mercy. But we're not good at giving that mercy. Because then when we're faced with frustration, then when we're struggling, it's harder to give it. And unfortunately, the thing is that when, when we find ourselves shocked or even mortified by the sin and suffering of another, that shock keeps us, prevents us from showing mercy. But if we really want to be merciful then in our listening and in our loving, in our doing good, we need to not expect explanation or justification, but simply offer God. Offer mercy. Pour out mercy. The Greek word here for mercy is elios, which has the connotation of pouring out the type of pouring out, maybe you can imagine opening a bottle or a jar of oil, right? And as you're pouring it to, to, to stop it at a certain point, it spills. That oil's not going back in the jar, right? I mean, you can try scooping that oil up off the counter, try to get it back. But as the more you scoop, the more it gets spread. Mercy. Mercy is something that pours out. It's not something that stops or is measured out in a certain quantity to, to stop here. Only, only a little mercy, no. No, mercy. Mercy gets poured out. It can't be stopped. It can't pre be prevented. It, it can't be kept from one corner or another. How often in our family... Are we prepared to pour out mercy? To see others with grace and forgiveness and want nothing but to be able to help and love and, and see the best in them. To want the best for them. There's a pastor, a local pastor in our area that's part of our uh, the United Methodist Church. And she comes most Saturdays to, us, to our service over here. This morning, she's busy. She's, she's out preaching at a couple of churches. She has three little churches. But I'll tell you what, if anybody is an example of mercy, she works day in and day out tirelessly. And it's the type of thing that you might associate like with a Mother Teresa type or something like that. You may know someone like that who, who when they meet somebody, they just want to know that person. They're not concerned with what life has done to them or what has brought them to today. They just want to know. They want to know you. They want to know your name. They want to hear about you. They want to hear about the things that are, are good in your life. They want to hear about the challenges. And they're not asking for justification or explanation. If you come to them and you have a need, they're going to help meet it. They're going to pour out whatever mercy they have, whatever they have at their disposal they're going to do it because as the family 
as the family of God, as the child of the Most High. Kindness should be our first response. Mercy should be our first response. Loving kindness. I, there was one time I had asked my grandparents for some help. I was in college, and I think I was just trying to get some stuff home. I said, hey, could you come and, and help me get home? I've got a little extra stuff. And my grandpa said, oh, yeah, I'll be right there. We'll be there. What time? What time did you need us? Two hours away. We'll be there. And a couple days later, we were together and chatting, and I said, oh, that was so great. I just, it would have been so much that you guys came. And he said, oh, yeah, we just called so-and-so and told him we couldn't make it. And I said, what do you, you had plans? You you didn't have to change your plans? And he said, no. You called, and there was nowhere else I'd rather be. Yeah. When was the last time we allowed our plans to be changed? Not begrudgingly, not to hold it over somebody's head, but just to say, yeah, if there's a need, I'll be there. I'll be there to show grace and mercy to listen, to be full of love and kindness. Because that is who most high God is and calls us to be. So shameless plug, come walk with us. Because listen, family's not easy. And it, it's not, our family's not easy. This family's not easy. The family, it's not easy. But we're not perfect. So come together. Let's walk together. Let's invest in one another, hear one another's struggles, encourage one another along the way, because this faith is worth everything. Will you pray with me? Holy God, you are so good, and you are so faithful to us, and so we're, we're just grateful. We're grateful that you give us such, such love and kindness and mercy, even when we are a part of the ungrateful, even when we may even find ourselves part of the wicked. Yet God, in this life, you have offered us grace and forgiveness. And so help us to love and listen and do good and show mercy in abundance changing whatever plan may have been so that all will know your goodness, so that all will know your love. In Jesus' name, amen.